Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, and welcome to the Rick and Tom podcast. I'm Rick Stroud. Our producer, Steve Bursnick, is back in Tampa. And Tom Jones has the night off. Go figure that after an exhausting week of NHL All-Star coverage. We'll let him slide tonight as I am uh, live from the Super Bowl, 52 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. In fact, I just got back from St. Paul and the XL Center where I covered the Patriots and the Eagles on Super Bowl 52 opening night. Now, this is what has replaced the Tuesday afternoon media days that we have grown so fond of. And a lot of the usual characters uh, were in tow this evening. Uh, They've monetized everything in the NFL. They sell tickets to this. Fans can go in and listen to the interviews. It's sponsored by Gatorade. If you can believe that, Tony Dungy was here today with his son, Justin, who was asking questions for NBC. Uh, I was also standing right behind Nancy Kerrigan, who was uh, asking questions for Inside Edition. She was talking to Tom Brady and other uh, New England Patriots. Why is it that every time I see Nancy Kerrigan, I think of that awful clip of her uh, when she was assaulted as a skater screaming, why, why, and you just... You just She's a sympathetic figure. You feel for every time you see her. I kept hoping that she would ask Tom if he had seen I, Tanya, which is ridiculous that, uh, in my opinion, that Tanya Harding would get a movie made of her life after, uh, after what she had done to Nancy Kerrigan. But Nancy looks terrific and uh, much shorter than I thought she was. I guess as an ice skater, that's uh, probably not that unusual. But uh, a lot of characters and, of course, the big focus, especially uh, the early part of the program, was uh, Tom Brady making his eighth appearance in the Super Bowl. Just just unprecedented. His third one in four years. I mean, you go back where this whole thing started in 2001 when he made his first appearance in the Super Bowl. And, you know, who knew that uh, he would do that three out of four times then? Then all these years have passed, he's attempting to win three out of four now. At the age of 40, the first quarterback to play in a Super Bowl at age 40. And, uh, of course, Tom is terrific. Tom looks great. Uh, But he did make some news, and he made news before he ever got on the plane this morning when he was back in Massachusetts. Tom does a radio show every Monday for WEEI, Kirk and Callahan show. And it's must-listen-to radio because, you know, that's, that's his first take after the Sunday game. Um, all the writers in Boston have to listen to it. It's you know highly rated segment, I'm quite sure. Well, he cut it short today, and for good reason. Um, it turns out that one of the hosts, not Kirk or Callahan, but actually a guy named Alex Reimer, uh, was suspended indefinitely for some comments he made about Tom's five-year-old daughter, which uh, is really off limits. There's no real excuse for that. I mean, you know, professional athletes take all sorts of criticism all the time from everybody, especially in the media. Uh, but athletes, children, and, and others are, uh, are pretty much uh, offline. And what, uh, what had happened was uh, Reamer was responding to the first episode of Brady 
his new documentary. He's, he's releasing these things with his trainer, Alex Guerrero, called Tom versus Time. And I'll give you a little spoiler alert. Right now, Time is trailing in this game, and Tom is kicking its butt, even though uh, Time will eventually win it, I think, in the end. Uh, but at age 40, Tom looks, uh, looks great. And it's all about his, you know, his motivation, his diet, the exercises, and this thing. But his five-year-old daughter did appear in this documentary. And, you know, the, the host made reference to her as, and called her a annoying little pissant, which is a phrase I haven't heard since I was one, uh, going back when I was probably five or six years old. It's kind of an old, an old thing to call, uh, to call somebody, but, um, he handled it very well. I mean, he, he cut his interview short. You know, I don't, um, I, yeah, I do want to say something. I mean, I don't want to get into the documentary much, but I did, you know, I, Stacey had told me that someone had made a comment about my daughter or something yes, like you, that. Yeah, you, we were, Tom, we were just talking about it. It was Alex Reamer and you are, you can, uh, we, Jerry and I talked about it Friday. It was stupid to say. We destroyed him for saying it. You, you can say whatever you like. Go ahead. Well, I think that, um, you know, I tried to come on this show for many years with, um, and showed you guys a lot of respect. Um, I've always tried to come on and you know, do a good job for you guys. So, um, you know, it's very disappointing when you hear that, certainly with my daughter or any child, um, you know, they certainly don't deserve that. So, oh, no, no, Tom, uh, no, no, no question. As, yeah, as I so said, far. Jerry, Jerry and I yeah. talked about it on Friday, stupid thing to say he was suspended for it. He should be. There are certain things I think you understand as a professional athlete, you're going to be criticized for what you do or on or off the field as an individual. But for a kid to be criticized is is unbelievably stupid. There's there's no defense for it. Yeah. So um, I'll obviously evaluate whether I want to come on this show again. So I, I really don't have much to say this morning. That's fine. Um, I understand. So That's totally fine. I will. Uh, maybe I'll speak with you guys uh, some other time. Absolutely I'll fine. We understand. All right, Tom. Thanks. You too. He said he wasn't sure still tonight whether he wanted to continue uh, doing something with uh, WEI. But he did have... He did have, you know, sort of a a little bit of empathy. The uh, the host has been suspended indefinitely, and Tom said, "I didn't it, I didn't hear much, you know, about it, but I didn't I didn't get into it too much. I just said I certainly hope the guy's not fired. That's I would I would hate for that to happen. Uh, but you know, this is minor, so minor compared to what Tom Brady has carried with him to Super Bowls in the past." I mean, this isn't Spygate. This isn't Deflategate, which you know he had to uh, go through last year, being suspended for four games. When he came to this same event a year ago, Tom Brady was very emotional. That's why I really wanted to spend some time and, and, and just get all his takes uh, this time. If you recall, a year ago, he was asked about his parents, and um, his mom, Galen, was suffering from breast cancer. And he talked about his dad being his hero. Of course, it's a very close family. He has three older sisters. They've all been involved in sports at one time or another. And, you know, Tom showed a side of him, you know, frankly, a vulnerable side he hadn't shown when talking about his mom. And we all remember sort of how that came to be with Tom winning the Super Bowl, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, trailing 28-3. to He comes back, he wins, his mom's on the stage. His wife, Giselle, and his three kids for the first time a year ago in Houston, we're all there with him. So it was a very, it was a very emotional, very family-oriented and in Super Bowl. 
And, and really, in some ways, this is no exception. It's kind of picked up from that, uh, if you will. Minnesota, as it turns out, is a, is a very special place for him because he used to spend a lot of his summers not far from Minneapolis, a couple hours outside of uh, downtown in a place called Browerville, Minnesota, where his mom grew up. And she still has a couple of brothers, a couple of Tom's uncles that live there. His grandmother and grandfather uh, lived there as well. They're both deceased now. They had a farm. And Tom would spend a lot of his summers fishing and uh, for you know sunfish and having fish fries and shooting his grandfather's you know 20 gauge. He'd come up here sometimes uh, even in the winter. And as he said tonight, it was just you know a great place for a kid from California to go and, and come back and hang out. So Minnesota is a very, very special to him. And once again, his family is going to be a big part of, of this event as well. But as he gets older, I think, you know, Brady certainly has a, a better appreciation for what, what all he's accomplishing. And he's really, you can see him uh, sort of trying to savor each one of these. Uh, I've, you know, covered every, every one that he's played and I can just tell you, year in, year out, um, he seems to be uh, you know, in, more embracing of the experience. And, and there's a good reason for that. I mean, you know, th- at some point, time is going to win this battle. Um, so that, that's one thing. If you haven't seen this documentary, you should spend some time doing so. He's, I think he's released a couple episodes uh, so far. And, you know, it's, it's, it's about Guerrero. It's about his nutrition and, and his, you know sort of his lifestyle, and about the sacrifice that he's made. But in the first episode, he does an interesting thing. He goes back and watches the first Super Bowl that he played in. And he says, you know, he hadn't watched that in 15 years. And that the whole season, you know, felt like kind of a blur. If you recall, you know, Brady burst onto the scene, really was the one of the many backup quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. There's been nine of them because the season began with Drew Bledsoe getting hurt and then Brady stepping in going 11 and 3 and then Brady getting hurt after the tuck rule game in the AFC championship Bledsoe comes in but Brady starts the Super Bowl and of course we all remember his victory over the Rams he talks about it in his documentary I haven't watched this in 15 years the whole season was a blur and I didn't even know what happened you know at the end of the day it was just so so much going to the Superdome, you two played the halftime show. Oh, it was so cool. I mean, yeah, it was just awesome. I was so young. It's fun to watch, maybe because it's just a little posterity, but it's also fun to watch how my techniques changed. And re- you re- also realize how little you actually knew. So just really a lot of cool stuff and a lot of cool memories as he sits there and watches this thing. Uh, but I think what what he comes to to realize uh, is, you know, it was cool, it was awesome, but he was so young. And now here he is saying that he'd love to play until he's 45. I mean, he has told a lot of people that's sort of his goal. I don't know what's special about that number because, quite frankly, the way he's going, uh, you know, he's still at an elite status. But time gets everybody. And so tonight I thought it was interesting that sort of almost in a – in a rare moment of realism, he admitted that this can't last forever. I mean, at some point, I'm, we're going to come to one of these Super Bowls, and 
it will be the last one that Tom Brady plays. Win or lose. He may lose, he may win. He's lost a couple of them. Those tend to stick with him more than the victories. Uh, But it's going to happen. And he doesn't know when that time is going to be. And none of us do. Um, But he was asked about how long he wants to play. And, And I thought... You know, for once, he was sort of introspective, and he said, look. Well, I never want to be, you know, the detriment to the team. I think for me, as long as I'm playing at a high level, and um, I make the commitment to take care of myself year-round, then I'll continue to play. So, I don't know, you know, things change quickly. I mean, they, you know, anything can happen, you know, but obviously I, I want to keep playing. I love playing, and, uh, you know, I just I love playing so I don't know how Brady tops last year when you consider you know the, the performance he had and everything it meant to him and maybe maybe he'll get back to this game but uh, it was nice to uh, to sort of you know see him uh, to kind of take in the moment and understand that uh, what we're watching I don't think we'll ever see again not in my lifetime maybe not in the history of the Super Bowl just an unbelievable uh, run Bill Belichick uh, arrived and and uh, showed kind of a soft side. Uh, if you will, he was wearing his father's fedora. His father coached uh, at Navy in, at Annapolis for years. Steve Belichick uh, coached really football for 43 years, uh, most of those as an assistant coach. And uh, I think that you know the memory that that Bill has of his father, the best memory may have been one of the last ones back in 2005. Ironically, um, that's the year that. The Patriots beat the Eagles in their other Super Bowl that they competed against each other. And after the game, both Belichick and his dad were doused in Gatorade. You remember that iconic uh, sort of clip in that moment? Uh, he died later the following November at age 86. I saw you at the hangar, Coach, and you look dapper. I'm talking like GQ-ish, and I see Linda over there smiling. Does she have anything to do with the wardrobe? Yeah, she might have a little bit to do with it. Uh, that was my dad's hat, so I thought I'd just toss that one on today. And uh, so I felt good about wearing it. So Minnesota's a good place to have a hat, so did the trick. Belichick also talked about his special relationship with Jim Schwartz. Of course, he's the Eagles defensive coordinator, uh, and Schwartz did as well. Uh, the, he was on Belichick's staff with the Cleveland Browns. In fact, Schwartz said uh, during their media session with the Philadelphia Eagles that uh, I owe my whole NFL career to Bill Belichick. Uh, who uh, helped him become the Lions head coach back in 2010. And so, you know, there's a lot of uh, just just a mutual admiration there and, uh, and a respect. I think, you know, the Eagles are playing this right. They're coming in here trying to say uh, that they're under underdogs. The Patriots aren't having it. The Patriots, first of all, they play close Super Bowls, okay? They don't blow anybody out. I think all their Super Bowls, maybe the biggest margin of victory was six points. So somewhere between one, two, and six points, this game will likely be decided. It's just the style of play that they play. Um, and yet the Eagles, who were the number one seed, went 13-3, and three, want to claim that they're underdogs. And Brady and, of course, uh, Belichick uh, really aren't, aren't having any of that. It is, however, sort of a sad time. I guess it's mixed emotions. I mean, it would have to be. But for Carson Wentz, who got this team the number one seed. I mean, the Eagles aren't even here without Carson Wentz. It's just really his second uh, full season there as a starter. He just emerged as uh, what, what Brady called was a stud. He was just had a fantastic season. And he has uh, you know, just a tragic uh, season-ending knee injury 
not that dissimilar to what Brady went through one season. Uh, so, you know, Wentz now gives way to Nick Foles, who is trying to become yet another backup quarterback to win the Super Bowl. I mentioned yesterday there's been nine of them. And, and Foles is going to be a, a tremendous story this week. Uh, a guy that uh, nearly quit football, didn't think it was uh, very much fun anymore, didn't love the game all that much, almost walked away, came back for one year with Andy Reid, ends up he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles in Super Bowl 52. I think just losing the love of the game is, I mean, we know what it is like to love this game of football and to wake up and not want to throw the football and just, for me, it was going through experiences, going through things and just to where I did, I woke up and I just didn't have, have that joy and it, it was scary for me. Uh, growing up in Texas, I always played football since I was a kid, just, you know, it was tough, but going through it was the greatest thing in the world. Um, Good Lord showed me a lot, a lot, of, a lot of things I had to deal with emotionally. But at the same time, I'm a better person, better player because of it, and I wouldn't change a thing. And I'm, you know, being in this moment, you really get to soak it all in, take it all in, and be grateful. But at the same time, know you have a responsibility come game day to go out there and do everything you can for your teammates to help them win the game. So, so was there a moment? What was there something? Something somebody said, or something where you realized, no, I'm not ready to give it up. I want to go back and play. I think when I became a free agent, um, well, I guess when I was released by the Rams, um, I had a, a couple of days just to sort of reflect and just take a breath. And the whole time, my family was behind me, um, always supporting me. My wife, my wife Tori, was there. My my dad, her parents, my mom, everyone was there. And I got to step away from the game for a little bit and just take a breath. I went on a camping trip with my brother-in-law Ryan, and we just had a good time. Didn't think about football. Took a breath, came back, and I remember just sitting there talking to Tori. And in that moment. Um, it was tough because I knew, I knew she wanted me to keep playing because she knew that I wasn't finished and that I still had the gifts and abilities to go out there and play and be a leader and all those things, and she didn't want to see that. And she knew I was hurting inside, and at that moment I, I said a prayer to God just to guide me. And in that moment I realized I just needed to take a step of faith. And in that moment, you know, I called Coach Reed because we had been talking, and I knew that for me to have bigger, the biggest growth as a person at that moment was to take that step and call him and go play the game of football. And I ended up signing with Kansas City, um, playing for him for that year. And the fourth day of training camp that morning, I woke up and uh, the joy had come back and uh, the emotions were unreal. I mean, I was journaling at that point. I haven't even had a chance to go back and look at what I went through. But I feel like we as people, we go through that, but we're afraid to talk about it. And I'm not afraid to talk about it because I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't, you know, I'm a father now, so I can share all this with my daughter when she grows up. And uh, it makes this moment even more surreal because... I mean, every moment I get to play this game is a gift. We'll talk a lot more about Nick Foles tomorrow as Super Bowl 52 rolls on. Interviews with uh, players from the Patriots and the Eagles. I think it's 10, 10 players, coaches each team tomorrow. I'll be at the Media Center uh, interviewing them. And uh, all week long here in Minneapolis for Super Bowl 52, another, I hope, I hope, I hope, the last cold Super Bowl that the NFL tries to have. You know, they controlled the weather in Indianapolis, which had unseasonably warm weather when they did it there. I think it was 52 degrees when I got off the bus in the game time in New York at MedLife Stadium a few years ago, even though it, it snowed everybody in for about three days after that. Snow began to fall right after the game. They can't get away from this one. It is cold. It was single digits again tonight. It's going to get even colder come Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and through the weekend. So uh, a lot of people, I think, have stayed away from this Super Bowl, certainly uh, a, a number of media and, and, and a lot of fans, but it's still early in the week. It's going to get crazy up here, as most Super Bowls do. But we'll be uh, 
live in Minneapolis all week long on the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom will be back uh, tomorrow, I would expect. Uh, for Steve Versnick, uh, we appreciate you listening. As always, you can get us on iTunes, on SoundCloud. You can call uh, call up TampaBay.com. Just about anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find Rick and Tom. So please subscribe. And to reach us on Twitter, you can reach me at NFL Stroud or at Tom W. Jones. For Tom Jones, Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud. Have a good evening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 